welcome you to the Igniting Consciousness Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Horine, a principal chiropractor alongside my husband, a magnetic alignment coach, a 3-5 manifester in human design, a toxin-free living advocate, and obsessed with all things related to a healthy mind, body, and spirit. My passion is to empower and inspire people to become the highest expression of themselves while recognizing they are the creator of their own reality. I'll share ideas, interviews, and examples that will prompt you to learn more about your true thoughts on yourself, what your true desires are in life, and how you're connected to the world around you. This will happen through human design readings I do with clients, principles of chiropractic, and how true health and healing is expressed from the inside out magnetic alignment recode sessions, and my own personal journal prompts that I receive while in meditation. My hope is that you can have your consciousness ignited to remember that the key to living in a happy and peaceful world all starts by discovering those pieces within you. In this episode, I have a very raw and real conversation with Jules, the raw vegan and juice fasting coach, who is also raising a raw vegan toddler. Prior to the recording of this episode, she and her partner have maintained a mainly liquidarian, fruitarian lifestyle, and her daughter is mainly eating fruits while she's also breastfeeding. So it's very fitting that she has the raw vegan family social media handle and website where she coaches people and inspires other people to transform their life as much as she's radically transformed hers from nearly having a mental and physical breakdown, hitting rock bottom, and then finding her way into vegan, raw vegan, juice feasting, liquidarian, and now mostly fruitarian, and how it's just transformed her life and just bringing her mass amounts of creativity, manifestation, and gifts along the way. So if you are interested in this or anybody else you know would benefit from this, be sure to share this episode and listen in and enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Jules, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to this live. And I'm excited to talk to you. How did you even get started with all of this? Wow, Dr. <laughs> Natalie, I am so happy to be here. I have been thinking about this conversation and how epic it was going to be for several weeks, months now, you know, it's been, you know, it's been a wild ride. So I am so happy to be here and thank you. It's an honor to talk to you. It's, it's nice to be able to speak with a doctor who is living the lifestyle and can, you know, put her own experiences behind it because, you know, you've got the education and all of that medical background for us to dig into. So um, I, I'm just grateful for you and your existence and what you're doing. And congratulations on baby Sedona. Did I get that right? You did. Yep. Just like Sedona, Arizona. That was the inspiration. Yep. Incredible. I've never been. I really want to go. And then she told you all of all of this, um, which is incredible. You must you must have just birthed a a very ascended soul of many, you know, many lives. And she's probably going to teach you a lot. And uh, yeah, but they say that ascended mothers give birth to even further ascended children. So it should be really exciting. Hopefully one day we can all get together in real life and eat some fruit together. I would love be that. 
I would love that. I would love to get together and like be that raw vegan family that, that you just like are spreading out there. Absolutely. Cause it's like a whole nother, it's a whole nother world. And I really want us to all be together and, you know, empowered, inspired, but no matter what, like we need to be like attracts like, like being in community together just makes it all that much more enjoyable. Yes. So I have a lot to tell you about the questions that you asked about how I got started. And then I also want to make time a little bit for me to ask you some questions about your amazing journey. Um, Cause I'm really excited about hearing about some of the ways you did some things throughout the birthing process. And then now in postpartum and all of it. And she is just so cute. I love her pictures. I just like, cannot, I am like dying over them. And I wish I was there so I could pick her up and, you know. Oh my gosh. I have her in my lap right now. I'm like all but wanting to lift her up so you can see her, but I'm like, she's just so comfy in her little blankie right now. But if I can pull her up, I was telling people in the beginning, if you hear coos, She's oh, so my God. Those little chunky cheeks, aren't they so cute? <laughs> Dr. Natalie. Oh, my gosh. So first off, okay, you have your shit together. Way <laughs> than me. When I was breastfeeding, I was like milk everywhere, like hair on mass, like not even like my child was sassy and hard and she still is and she was screaming all the time and it was like I didn't do much that first year so this is a really good sign this is a really good sign that you know it's gonna be a really good experience for you and all that but let me get to your question now and stop rambling no, um, I love it. No, this is this is this is where we have these conversations because we're real yeah. people having real lives, you know. Absolutely, like, authenticity all the way. So, um, okay, so I am somebody who is not like that type of person that always had their life together and then decided to just perfect my diet because I'm just that awesome. It was more like the opposite. I. Um, you know, had kind of a bumpy childhood, uh, went through some pretty bad traumas, as we all do as we're going through, you know, childhood. And I learned these behaviors from uh, my my family members, and they weren't healthy. My parents, my whole family, first off, most of them are alcoholics, although you wouldn't know that, you know, like they're function, they're successful people, they're doctors, lawyers, and entrepreneurs, and they're doing well, but they drink every day. And they're so functioning alcoholics. Yeah. Yes, I have, I have so an alcoholic in my life that isn't a high functioning alcoholic. So I can totally relate on that. <laughs> that is really hard and takes support groups just for that because affects you so much oh it does and like i mean we're gonna get a little segue just a quick quick little tangent on that because we can totally relate on that matter is that you know those those affect us as children growing up in and in and lives or in households with that and everything else um even if it may not have been physically even if it was just emotionally the emotions get housed in the body and they manifest as physical symptoms later on in life and you wonder why you're like adrenals are fatigued and you're stressed out all the time or you get triggered in these different ways and it's you know it has a lot to do with the way we were raised and you know I'm not we're not here to like tout on things like they did the best that they could based on where they're at and the decisions that they made 
But guess what? We can change that. And when we become aware of it, the first key is to have awareness. And when you have awareness, now you're like, oh, if I'm not having the desired reality or living the life that I want to live, what can I do to change it? Right? So. Yeah. Yeah. And we're here to tell everybody that literally there's nothing wrong with you. You are human, which equates to God, goddess, divine, God, divine, goddess. And if you're feeling any less than a divine God or goddess, I mean, it, we are human. We have our ups and downs, but it, your ups should feel like that. If they're not feeling like that, then you just need to detox and you just need to focus on what is going in your mouth and, and cut out, you know, the bad chemistry that's going in. It's all about that. And I had no idea because I was looking at my family members and I was thinking like, something is wrong with me. Like I'm depressed. I have mood swings. I have this strange anxiety. Like I'm going to have a panic attack, just going to do some regular thing. And I now know it's all toxicity because it's all gone. And that wasn't me. That wasn't who I had to be. But growing up, I learned from my role models that you just take a pill. You're depressed. You need a pill. Yeah. Now that, that pill didn't work. You're still depressed. I'd take another pill. Take another pill. Oh, you've got pimples. Let's don't look into your liver at all. Don't look into any of that. Just why don't you take more pills? And so, yeah, it's just really wonderful to talk to a doctor who works with the body and not against the body. And, um, yeah, it's just an honor. But uh, so to get in a little more detail real quick about my story. Um, so I had learned, like, all right, when I'm down, I drink alcohol. When I need energy, I drink alcohol. You know, when I need to calm down, I'll take a Xanax. When I need to hype up, I'll take my Adderall. It was a mess. Yeah. It was a mess. It was like toxic soup, but you're not alone in that. Like you were just like one of the like mega mass amounts of people. I mean, like there's an opioid epidemic in the United States alone. It is sickening the opioids. And like, we even have to watch out like for people like you've got to watch your water too, because people are flushing their stuff down in the freaking like toilets and they're in the sinks and it's getting in the water and leaching in there. So even if you're not taking opioids, which is a pain prescription, how many people suffer from pain on a regular basis and they go to a medical doctor, not all medical doctors, but majority of medical doctors, the way they have to like CYA cover their own behinds is they have certain processes and procedures they have to go through. And if you fall into this box of having pain, they're not going to be quick to say, go to the chiropractor, which is what I am. You know, they're like, okay, well, you know, we got to put you on this pill and this medication because I need to know that it's going to give you a quick fix, which they're going to be on for the rest of their life. They get addicted to it. Then they become depressed, right? And then, then they get to put on the depressive medication. Then they become zombies, totally disconnected with who they are, let alone being connected with like divine source energy and everything that is because there's just this walking zombie that like doesn't even know who they are, what they think and how they want to feel. So just wanted to give that little insight in there because you're not alone. I mean, like it's like everyone, there's so many people out there that are just trying to do what they think is best, listening to the medical doctors or, or whatnot. And again, I have to just preface that not all medical doctors are like bad. It's just, they're brainwashed. They're brainwashed. Okay. There's a lot of brainwashing out there. And clearly we know that with the past two and a half years with all the brainwash BS that's been going on, which is all crap. That's a whole nother conversation. 
So Jules, you're not alone, but you are an example of even through you're like, I'm not perfect. I've like, I was addicted and I was an addict in this and addict in that, but guess what? You came through and now you just celebrated your 35th birthday. So happy belated birthday. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It was really like cool because you know, I used to get like severe birthday depression and I, I still get very emotional on my birthday. Like it feels so emotional and I kind of just want to be in my bubble with my daughter for the day and just process. Okay. Another year is done and I'm moving on to a new year and a new chapter. And what do I want from my new chapter? And now it's like incredible, Natalie. It's incredible because I'm like, do I, am I regretting like, oh, I wish I was 20 still. I wish I was 25. Hell no. Because guess what? When I was 25, I was so sick and I did not wake up every day like excited and motivated. I needed drugs to do that. I needed yeah. drugs. And and if I would have told my 25-year-old self, listen, Jules, when you're 35, you're going to be mostly liquidarian and you're going to be younger and happier than you've ever been. I would have been like, huh? Like, just eat fruit, Jules. You'll cure everything. Huh? Like, yeah, right. But it's real. And it can be evidenced by your own you know, experimentation and you are no different than anybody else. If you're listening, you know, try it out. Just try one day just on fruit and see what happens. Yeah. Well, or even more, whenever you hear this and you're like, I'm motivated, like what else, what do I have to lose? Right. So we got on a tangent there with that, but I just wanted to like add it in there. Like, you're, you know, you weren't alone and you know, people think that they are alone or they realize that they're not alone, but everyone else around them, that's how they deal with their crap too. Is like, they take drugs, you know what I mean? Or they, they, and what I say is like, they, they're literally putting a bandaid on it. They're just escaping it. It's an escape and it becomes an escape too. And so it's not saying, you know, it's not to beat yourself up from it, but it's, again, it's the awareness. And so for you, and I, I want to add too, like with you celebrating your 35th birthday, I'm like, you would not know that you were 35. Why? Because exactly, you look younger, like you have the energy of being, being in your 20s, right? Which we're both like, yeah, I don't need to repeat my 20s. Like there was great stuff that happened. I had a lot of lessons and a lot of things that I was learning during that time. But I'm like the highest expression of myself now later in life, you know, and so I'm excited to like continue on this, this, um, this next 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, because you're probably like me, but we're on like the 120 year plus plan, right? <laughs> Hell yeah. Yes. Yes. I intend to continue my business into my eighties. I intend to, and even longer if I feel like it, but I love working. I love working with people and I'm a late bloomer. Like I really was lost for most of my life. Everyone else was buying cars and houses. I always do things a little different. So I like was traveling the world and, uh, like, just backpacking and nannying and teaching English. I didn't get the car, the house, the, 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 the normal, I never went on the normal path, you know, cause I'm a Pisces, which is how I ended up being open-minded enough for, yes, being in my own way, but how I ended up being open-minded enough to try all this wacky stuff that everyone tries to teach us is wacky when in reality it's simple nature it's the yeah. way everything is supposed to be it's the way it's it was started and like that's the thing it's like 
for you wacky and then like with me you know because i have like doctor in front of my name they're like how are you as a doctor recommending people to do this or like how did you not consume any protein while you were pregnant and like all this other stuff so like i have this whole other clout that i have to deal with because it's like you got the word doctor in front of your name so now i have to like watch what i say and i'm like people y'all are brainwashed damn it it's like i get it i was there like even as a chiropractor which we think markedly different than like medical doctors do I still had to learn the same shit that they learned in their medical books because I have to pass boards and get the licensure. Like it's, it's insane. So it's like self-education or not, like whatever, regardless of that, like I'm telling, we're speaking truths and we're speaking through experience. Like we're speaking Absolutely. through experience and truths and then seeing it right. in hundreds of other people and everyone's journey is different. And some people listening to this are going to be like, I'm totally not willing to do That's fine. It, 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 that is totally fine. But for those of you that are ringing true, you're listening to this because you are interested and you're like, okay, I've been thinking about that, but I just haven't known who I can go to, who I can relate to. So you can take that journey. So you continue to journey kind of like the black sheep, obviously what it sounds like. So what was it that like got you to, to make the shift? So, yeah, I was getting into this like darker and darker spiral. Um, I was taking my main thing actually was not alcohol. It was Adderall, which I would really like to speak out about. Um, I wanted to speak out about it as I was suffering with the addiction and the withdrawal, but wasn't able to because I was so scatterbrained. It, it made me, it destroyed me and I could not do anything without it. Um, I was like a blob without it. Um, and when I took it, it was like a puzzle puzzle coming out of the box and being put together. Like my brain was the puzzle being put together. Okay, now I've got the pill and now I can function. Problem was I wasn't myself on it or off it anymore. And uh, it was like really awful. It took me about five years just to completely get off of it and be successful. Five years. And I was on it for 12 years. And um, of course, I was abusing alcohol the whole time too. So I have a very strong genetic constitution. So luckily, I didn't make out so bad. But I did start to have some problems. Of course, you know, like, and what's at the root of the drug addiction and the alcohol addiction? Mental health issues. So I had mental health issues. I have anxiety, had, past tense, had anxiety, had um mood swings, maybe mild bipolar. Um, I had uh, depression, deep depression. I oftentimes just was depressed and spent most of my life like that. Um, and so I just kept going harder into these things that weren't giving me what I needed. Okay, I need like more alcohol. And I got off, off of the Adderall. I knew that was so terrible. And I finally got off of it. And then I replaced it with alcohol because I was like, well, I don't know how to be sober. I don't know how to find joy from myself. I don't know how to get energized. How do I get energy? I don't have any energy. You know, like can't be my diet. It's got to be, I need more Red Bull. Like, I just was so brainwashed. I was so brainwashed. And I need, I need this. I need that. I need this. You don't need anything but yourself. You, you know, can supplement and fast. But, like, you don't need most of the shit they're selling you. And, yeah, a lot of it, you have to heal from whatever chemical you take. You have to heal from that and then heal from the disease. So I was getting worse, okay? Like, here's my here's my rock bottom coming and I'm like 
29 at this point. I'm 29. I'm a late bloomer. I like to have fun. I like to have fun. I just want to have fun. I was like, no, 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 no way. Am I going into the matrix? I'm working in nine to five. No way. I'm going to figure out a different way. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go here. I'm going to like anything I could do to avoid the ultimate path of, you know, getting the bills, getting the car and living a responsible life. So I was just avoiding all of that. And, and eventually I, crashed like a plane like a train crash you know like I realized wow I'm a full-on alcoholic at this time I like fell asleep at the wheel um I was living in Miami which didn't help my party girl uh you know (laughs) so yeah I fell asleep at the wheel um and luck at like a four-lane highway and luckily no one got hurt I hit a work truck next to me. I somehow didn't get charged with the DUI. God was watching, you know, the divine had my back. Um, and then uh, after that, I was like, holy shit, Jules, like you've got to, you've got to get your life in order. I have no relation. I had no relationships with anyone at this point. Like everything was very scary in my life and out of control. There were no rules, no rules, Jules. And <laughs> I didn't know how to do self-discipline at all at the time I also had an eating disorder so I'd pretty much like either be fasting which I didn't even know was healthy I was just thought I was like trying to be skinny whatever I was doing and then I would binge like on a bunch of gas station food and sometimes I, I you know I would throw it up so I had bulimia for a long time so you can see the picture I'm painting here This is a miserable life. This is a life of complete darkness. I did not feel the divine energy at all at this point. I had never felt it. I thought that, I mean, I guess I had felt it, but I, I didn't really know what it was. And, um, comfortable. And I'll just like add to that, like, cause when I was in undergraduate school, I mean, that's so common to, for people to be taken Adderall and it's, it's, okay and i'm doing air quote for those listening on the podcast it's okay for people to take adderall in college it's okay to be basically like alcoholics in college because it's like that's what we do we're partying we're letting loose we're like we're out and free for the first time you know so to say and um so i was surrounded by that too with like and especially as females you know like we've got to be a certain size and you know, of course, like not going to change your diet that much. And then, you know, you're getting all these calories from the, from the fricking alcohol that you're consuming too, you know? And so it's like, well, then if I take Adderall, not only can I study all night long, but then I don't have an appetite. Right. So people were abusing Adderall for that reason, because they weren't hungry and then they were, or so they wouldn't be hungry. And then they were like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to go out. Like literally I, I was really close with a lot of people or several girls that was like, and it's, this is across the board. They're not only ones that did this. They knew that they were going to go and like eat all their, or like have all their calories through all the alcohol they're going to have. And then like the pizza and all the other, like, you know, really good drunk food to eat, you know, that you just walk down the, the university where we were at. There was just like the, it was like the row of all the foods that you want, the greasy stuff and everything else. Right. Um, so that way the rest of the week, it's like, they would like plan it. Like, I know I'm going to eat all this crap and drink all this crap at this time. So I'm going to make sure I take, like, I take my Adderall and then I only eat like, um, what was it? Cottage cheese at the time was like the thing you only eat. Cottage I did that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I only ate the cottage cheese at lunch. 
And like, that was it for the day. Yep, like, that's what it was. Like literally they would do that. And then it's like, okay, first of all, it's an animal product, you know, like knowing what we know now, but like too, like that, like, cause it was just, it would, it would be satiating enough, but yet it wasn't like, like the calories for the rest of the day. So either way, I wanted to share that because like us being the same like age range there, and I'm sure it probably still happens in college now, but like, hopefully we can save these people. So it's like, don't thrash your body because like that is killing your adrenals. It is killing your liver. It's like literally hurting all these other elements. And you wonder why by the, like by the time people get in their thirties, like where we're at right now, people are falling apart. They are falling. I'm seeing people falling apart in their twenties, like what you're describing. I'm like, and I see it by looking at their, their, their spines. Like I'm seeing their spines rot. Like, you know how you like rotten teeth and all this other stuff. Like that's what degeneration is. Like, I'll just give you insight on that. Like, so I'm able to see things because I'm intuitive and also like, you know, the neurology really well. And then plus like with what we know on healing the body with like thy medicine, you know, through thy food is thy medicine and everything. But then when I'm looking at people's spines, I'm like, you have degeneration or arthritis in your spine and you're in your twenties. Like that's literally like your spine is rotting when you have degeneration. So it, like, it's not just an old age thing. Like we're seeing it in younger and younger people and it has a lot to do with your lifestyle. So continue on. <laughs> yeah, no, this is flowing excellently just like I knew it would. Yeah. And I love that little snippet because it is so true. And, uh, you know, I have a little snippet to add back in real quick before I continue. And that is that, you know, when I got my iridology reading done by my guy, he was like, I'm going to learn myself soon. And I'm studying as we speak, but, um, I like to have someone do it for me, see what I can't see. And someone who's way more schooled. So he like, looked and he was like oh you know he would happen to come up in conversation that the eyes that he's seeing now are so weak because you know the mother passes down passes down passes down and by the time we've been eating wrong you know I think we've been eating wrong for like thousands of years um you know because in the medieval times they would have big feasts and I actually read that they would throw up they actually had bulimic binge and purge episodes encouraged at these feasts like okay eat everything you want and then go throw up and then go eat more because that's what the upper class does we want to be able to party and eat and drink and th that is like the medieval times so they're, they're gorging and like yeah spiritual level and like even a religious level like like i'm super universal and i know you are too which is beautiful um, but like, even like religious texts, it says to not eat any more than what you need. Like, it's like literally like sinful to be like gorging and stuff. And like, literally what you're describing, like with is what they did in medieval times, because that was like the high class papa thing. Like we've got meat on the table here and we're going to eat all this, like all this stuff. And then obviously like vomit it back out. So like now that's like an ingrained, that's what high class people do is they, you know, they eat like that and then they like vomit it up. So go on. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why they call like gout the rich person's disease because, you know, they're eating and drinking and they're causing that acidity. But yeah. So, um, I was, uh, just like after that car accident, I was like, man, like I'm in danger to myself. And at this point I had already been like drinking and driving for like a year in Miami. Like there's no rules in Miami and I took full advantage. I even got pulled over once. I had like six Lima Rita's in my car, one in the cup holder and I was wasted. And 
this like cop came and I'm like, I'm dead. And he, he let me go. Oh my God. I was like, I made up some story. Oh, you know, my friends were just in here. My friends were just in here with me and I'm their DD and he let me leave. So, um, Miami was <laughs> the perfect storm for me to be there. And, um, after that, you know, I met my partner, Danny, that's the child, uh, the father of my child. And he was responsible enough for the two of us. He was, he started his first business when he was like 20 and he worked like three jobs before that. Um, he paid all of his own bills, like was selling his first business by 21. I had never really been responsible. So when we met, you know, he kind of took over for me, which was really important because I needed all my energy to heal. I needed all of my energy to heal. At this point, I was literally like fried. I was fried. I couldn't function. I couldn't even whole, I couldn't even watch a whole TV show. I'd be like, what's happening again? Like I, if you, I wish there was a video of me then because it's, it would have been really sad and uh, I literally was fried on drugs. So you come back from anything, you can, I'm smarter now than I was before I did drugs because of the way I'm fueling my cells with fruit sugar and I fasted and detoxed everything. So uh, my IQ's definitely gone up. I can speak quicker. I can think quicker. But at this time, it was so sad. I sometimes feel a little down about all the things that I put myself through. But I needed it. I needed it for everybody out there that I'm going to help because you can be that big of a mess and you can come to the other side. 100%. So, and it's a journey. Yeah. We all have a journey. It's like, just like you said, like you're smarter and it's like, you're only going to continue getting smarter. You're only continuing to heal. You're only continuing. Like when it comes to these old emotional traumas, generational traumas, you know, um, past life traumas, like there's so many, like we, we've got so much, a, a, we've got so much to cleanse and clear from and it's a journey and like health, as I always tell people, it is not a damn certificate that you just stamp on the wall and say, help, I've attained it. I'm done now. Now I'm, I don't have to do anything else to contribute to it. Uh, -uh. it's a journey. And, but make it enjoyable. And there is a way to make it enjoyable and enjoyable, not just for you, but for your family. Because if you're just trying to do this on your own and you don't have your family involved, like, that's why like with you having the raw vegan family, like that's your whole thing. I'm like, that's going to be way too hard to make happen because no doubt, like, it's just like whenever people start moving faster in one direction and then partners start to split or friendships start to split. Like that, that's, there's no doubt that's going to happen whenever one person is changing their lifestyle in the way that we're like about to touch base on with like juice. It's a massive thing. It's a massive thing and it can definitely divide people. Yeah. Oh, it does. And, and it's like, yeah, I mean, it divides people in, in the craziest of ways, which we've seen that anyway, as far as like, and people that are genuinely concerned because they've been brainwashed and they're like, is it going to be okay that you're eating like this? And it's like, Yes, it is. And, and, you know, just let me do my thing right now. Like, or maybe you're ready to have a conversation about it, or maybe you're not, but trust me, like, I know what I'm doing. Like, I need to go through this. Like, wait, you mean you're, you're having these things come out of your skin? It's like, yes, my skin is my third kidney and it's releasing stuff right now. It's not a bad thing. These are healing sensations. So, all right, let's keep going. Let's yeah. Keep going. yeah, let's keep the ball rolling. So yeah. Um, all that, yeah, so wild how upside down the earth is. And when you really, really see it, it's like, 
Wow. Like nobody knows anything about their own bodies. And you can learn so much about your own body just from fasting. And you will learn like 10 books just from downloads and, and from experience. And not saying you don't want to talk to a professional like Natalie to help you through, you know, but you need that also. But, um, but it's to check in. like you are always in control. Like you always have the choice. Like that's yeah. a big thing. So I appreciate you starting that. But it's like, even, even me, like as a healer, like, it's like, I'm not doing the work. It's you doing the work. I'm not sitting yeah. in the front, You know what I mean? Like when you're coming and getting adjusted, I'm just, yeah, I'm literally, I like to say like, we're putting up the bumpers, like in the bowling alley so that you can have more of a direct way, a direct way of getting in, allowing your nervous What's system that? to recuperate, but it's you that's doing the work and, and you're not broken. You don't need fixed, but you, we, we need to get the correct information in there and then help you stop the self-sabotage of whatever that looks like. And this gets more into the emotional and like generational trauma and those kind of elements of it. Um, but yeah, so it's like, but we have, we're in a world where we can have a conversation right now. So thank you technology for allowing that, but there's a crap ton of misinformation out there. So it's like, listen, like, do you feel it in your heart? Like this feels right. Does it like sit right in your gut? Like, you know what I mean? So I'm sure instincts yes and we, we all have it not just animals you know we call them the clairs in the world of spirituality clairvoyance clairsentient you know clairaudient like whether you're seeing tasting you just kind of know it whatever it is like we all have those are instincts that's what the animals have we have them too we just are not oh like we have not been awake enough to and we've been taught we've been taught to ignore them oh you know like don't listen to that listen to this commercial listen to this you know medical doctor listen to whatever um but yeah it, it's really hard to wrap your head around the simplicity of health because you've it's been so overcomplicated for so many years research and research and research backed by who backed by big pharma backed by people who are profiting off your illness not your health so yeah yeah i i would go to the doctor in miami every month um you know i'd spend 300 bucks because i didn't have insurance and i I was like, you know, I need my drugs. I'd pop in his office. He'd be like, how are you doing today, Jules? And I'd be like, I'm doing great. You know, still same problems. Just give me those same things again. And he'd write it up. He did this for like years and he never asked me anything else. Like, how are you doing? Like, you know, like he didn't say, you're still on serious drugs, Jules. What are you doing to get off of them? Like, he just wanted to write that and get his payment. And he had a big, nice office. And he was taking his family on vacations. And he was good. So, I mean, I'm not saying he's a bad person. He's also just brainwashed. He doesn't probably thinks he's helping. I'm, I'm hopefully he thinks he's helping. So um, it came to a point where I felt like, all right, I'm not in control of my life anymore. I am obviously an addict. I, I rarely fed myself. And I love fasting. I drive fast every, every day this week for 15 hours through the night. And then I'll wait till like noon to drink because I'm doing some work. And then um, I drink. I'm mostly liquidarian. You can live your life on liquids if you want to. And it's not dangerous. I haven't had anything but insane amounts of gifts and miracles from it and 
Um, but I didn't know that back then. So at this point, I was 29. I was a total wreck. I've met my partner. He, uh, I tell him, listen, you're a really strong guy. You got your shit together. I'm so thankful that, you know, we're together now. We're partners, and we're going to work as a team because I need to get sober. And that's my first step. So I don't – and he was never an addict, so he had no trouble being like, sure, Jules, we're just not going to drink anymore. I don't care. I don't even really like drinking. So it wasn't, like, hard because we weren't – he was totally not an addict. Um, he's one of the only people uh, – and this was one of my – one of my qualifications for dating, um, I snoop in the medicine cabinet, make sure, are you on a bunch of drugs? Because you're a drug addict if you are if you got drugs in the medicine cabinet. Right. And I don't want to deal with that. My uh, history with that, with my mother's, pharma, my, being a pharmaceutical drug addict my whole life, I'm not dealing with that. So I opened it. He was like the only guy that wasn't on any drugs. He didn't even take any Tylenol. He was like, I, I'm just, you know, all natural. And he'd been a vegan for 17 years um, before it was cool. And he, like, started to teach me. He started to teach me everything. He's pretty much my mentor. Uh, I've been studying him for five, six years. And now I'm taking off on my own with, like, he's an entrepreneur. He's just really good. But I, I can also say that I've elevated him, too, because he wouldn't have done the long juice fast without me. He thought that all the nut-dent heavy stuff was really great. He thought that he didn't have any poop in his colon. He thought he pooped it out all every every single day. He's still working on cleaning his colon. Um, it's been about almost a year, a couple more months. So he had a very slow bowel transit time. He's still pooping it out. But he, his whole body has transformed. He used to have a gut, no muscle. He has muscles now, only on fruit, big muscles, six-pack. He looks completely different than us five years ago. He looks way better and younger. Yeah. I so, kind of like with you saying that, I have to share this real quick because my husband and I <laughs> both had done this, obviously, because when I received the download... Then he's the one that like dives deep and is like totally the studier. I'm the experimenter. And then he joins the experiment after like pretty quickly after he's done the studying on it. But exactly well, similar to how you were saying, like with your partner, how Danny is the one that like got you like structured and going in this direction. Like once I received the download and I like vocalized it to my husband and he was like, oh, I don't know. Cause he was like, totally, we were totally keto, like 100% keto. And then he's like, okay, well, clearly you're on to something here. And this is aligning. Like he was able to feel the resonance because we're super spiritual and intuitive. So he was feeling the resonance with that. But fast forward mm -hmm. is that um, he's the one that ran into John Rose and he's the one that found Dr. Robert Morse. And then that's how we started getting on. This path. Yeah. And so he like, like how you are, like, I was telling people earlier when I first started this, um, this whole live right here, that you are like the only other girl that I've known to go as long as you did with the juice fast. Like, what was it? 150 something days or how long? Did you 165 do? days. But then oh, Natalie, wow. I never stopped. Like I yeah. went 165 days consecutive, but today I'm still liquidarian. I haven't had a meal in 16 days, I will have meals. Like, you know, I'm playing in creation, but I'm best without them. I'm best yeah. without them. And that's how you, and how do you know until you do it? Like, that's the thing. Yeah. Like I had like, so my husband, he went 135 days 
And he, and the goal was to go all the way until he didn't have, so to, to give people updates on this. So the whole idea of like juice or juice fasting or juice feasting, AKA solid food vacation is that you're, you're juicing to heal. But for people that are going the distance, as John Rose would say, like you're doing it until you don't have any solid bowel movements anymore. And so my husband did a Taping TikTok out. on this and like brainwashing. Some people are just absolutely ignorant and other people are just stupid. But um, <laughs> they were literally like, well, what do you mean? Like, you're always going to have solid poop coming out. And it's like, or he gave the example of babies, like babies that are breastfed, that are only drinking milk, or even regardless, only drinking milk. They have liquid poops, okay? They're not solid poops. The little, little seedy things that are in there is just because their body, like that's more fat than their body needs. So their body poops out little globules of little poopy, seedy looking things, but their poop is liquid, right? Well, okay, so for adults, like you clearly have been consuming solid foods for however long that like going the distance of juicing and then like literally still having solid foods come out is like, that's disturbing that that's been backed up solid foods that you've been eating, probably horrible foods for that matter. But that's been solid foods that even with Danny, like he'd been vegan all this time. But like still cleaning his colon out, he still had the years before he went vegan of foods. He loved pasta. He said he would eat the pasta three times a day sometimes, sometimes four peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Like everyone else, he made his stops at Taco Bell. You know, uh -huh. majority, he tried to be healthy. healthy yeah. But and even being vegan, like that's like another conversation I was talking about. We'd gone vegan before. But it was like dirty vegan is what I call it, where it was like tons of grains. It can be worse than it can be worse than I think it's it's healthier to eat a damn salmon that's from a clean place than to eat fake beyond meat with fake cheese and, and, and bread and yeah. all the stuff. Like the only thing you should be eating on that burger is the onion and the tomato and the lettuce. Yeah, pretty much. Or if you have pickles, and then even that, like, you probably can't handle the vinegar in there. But you know what I mean? There was cucumbers or whatever else you got on there, too. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so I, I got onto that whole tangent to say, so my husband made a TikTok where he was like talking about this, about like juice feasting and talking about poop, you know, and that's a whole nother thing, you know, we probably gotta talk about poop. We gotta yeah, talk about it. Your poop is giving you information. Just like we follow our baby's poops, like, oh, it's going from like meconium to oh, yellow. Nice. Yeah, like it's letting us know how our body's processing things and the transit time and everything else. And so he was talking about that on a short little snippet and people were like, oh my gosh, like, you know, babies have solid poop. So that's like, and you're a doctor and you're giving this information and saying for people to just drink their fruits and, you know, not eat anything. But I, have, but I have to say, here's some, some personal experience that I got from going where not many have been before. You don't stop pooping solids. Now, when you are totally clean and clear, as I was on day 112, you don't poop juice. You don't. Your body will always make poop, but it looks different. It is very fluffy, and it is the color of the fruit you're eating, and it is not dense and hard and brown. Like, you can actually see parts of it, like, floating around. It's if you would touch it with a chopstick or something, it will fall apart. Whereas when you're, when you're pushing out the old waste, it's going to be weird looking. It's, it's going to, you're going to your yeah. colon. It's going to have like that dense 
compacted formation of your colon. So I'm really glad that you brought that up if we're going to talk, well, since we're talking about poop right now, but like whenever you're going liquid, exactly that, like, it's not going to be like, like total liquid, like how it would be with like a baby's liquid poo and stuff like that. Um, but exactly that it's like fluffy and lighter and it's not like formed to the exact shape of your colon. Like it's going, it's going to have more of a blot, like a, but, it, but it is, it does, it does have, it's not liquid. So yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that, that there is a difference with that. Um, but it's distinctly different. So if you know that it is formed and compacted in like the exact shape of your colon as it's coming out, then that's some old backed up stuff right there that you weren't able to assimilate, digest, and then, you know, process and get coming out and stuff like that. Yeah. And you can get that out really easily with psyllium husk, which causes it to look like the shape of your colon. That will really give you the shape of your colon because psyllium is like this, like it is. Yeah. Yeah, and it's this the hull of the seed, and it, and it comes in, and it's a coagulant. It brings in water. It brings the bulk-forming laxative effect, and then it will just come out the shape of your colon. Because that's because it's, like, it's grabbing. It's grabbing all that stuff with yeah. it. So that's like – so I'm glad you brought that up again, which is perfect, because it's like, yeah, like you can use psyllium husk to your advantage, too, whenever you're, like, doing totally liquid and wanting to facilitate – the grabbing of stuff like cuz it'll grab stuff along the lining of it and yes you're then your body's doing the job of bringing it all together yeah i think everyone should be using it every single day you can put it in your recipes it's flavorless it adds like a nice coagulative effect like if you're making raw vegan cheese or raw vegan pizza crust and feed it to your kids every day feed it to everybody in the family every day or just take shots of it i mean it's great <laughs> That's so funny. So I totally got off on a tangent again. So you were um, where you left off was that like being with Danny, getting you on this and how you positively impacted his life and everything and how you've now taken it to a whole nother level. You've gone the distance of going 160 days continuous of juice, juice fasting, solid food vacation and have really been able to give yourself the time and opportunity to experience what it feels like to be healthy. Like, what is it like to be healthy in Jules body? Because you didn't have the opportunity to feel that before quite as much. And, and then yeah. you get the opportunity to when you started incorporating foods back in now you're like, Oh, I mean, I'm enjoying this right now, but I'm not going to do this in heavy amounts. Like, like, I remember you doing videos on live saying like, you're, you've gone mostly liquidarian because you just feel the best when you're like that. You're vibing, you're high vibing, you receive downloads more, you're manifesting more, you're like the massive creator more whenever you're like that. Some people need to get more vegetables in their juice because that high vibe is too much for them. They get jittery, they get antsy. So that's a whole nother thing as well, which in the beginning you're doing it because you're cleansing and clearing and moving things through your body. And then eventually you start to realize like, I just feel awesome like this. I'm satiated. I'm not hungry for something and I just feel great. And I know what my body feels like to feel good. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, basically um, I asked him to go raw vegan after I got sober, um, got off all the pills pretty quickly because um, I was so ready for it and got off the alcohol. That took a little longer. I'd say for six months, I craved alcohol every single day, all day. And I would always ask, want to go to the bar, like just one drink? And he'd be like, no, no, no. And he was around the, around the clock support for me, which I don't think I could have done it any other way because 
Um, I tried rehab, and those places are all very uh, corrupted. And, um, yeah, a lot of them, especially in South Florida. So they didn't help me. They put me on more drugs. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that worked. And then I was like, all right, I feel much better off the drugs and the alcohol, but I still have, like, you know, I'm still depressed, still have the mood swings, still have the anxiety, a lot less anxiety, not having to worry about what I did yesterday and who I embarrassed. But um, now I am still... this calling forever okay like even when I was a child I was like eating candy eating Cheez-Its and I would look at my brother and I would say I long for something there's something that I need that I'm not getting do you have that feeling and he was like nah me and my Cheetos I'm good and I'm like I don't know what's wrong with me and then like I got older high school my girlfriend's reading like space brownies and I'm like we can't be eating this. This is fake. Like, this isn't even real food. And they were like, Jules, it's just a brownie. It's nothing. And I'm like, this really tortures me and makes me feel gross and horrible. Like, no one else is feeling this. And I was always like that. And then I started fasting around the age of 21. I started, I discovered the master, uh, the juice, the master cleanse with lemons. Um, I know lemons are available now. But yeah, it worked really like well for me. Maple syrup mixed with it or something like that. Sometimes you put some cayenne yeah. pepper in it. Yeah. Exactly. And I did that about 50 times over 10 years. I did the, the, but I didn't do anything good outside of that. I would feel infinitely high on juice and feel so good on the master fast. And then I would um, get back to my pizza, my alcohol, my dairy and be like, I guess I can only be like that when I'm fasting and I'm just feeling like, you know, this is my real self. And then that's my fasting self. I did not know you could obtain it all the time. So, um, then yeah, I just, um, got to being raw with Danny. First we went vegan. That was a whole challenge. This whole journey took years and years and it never stops. We can always reach new levels. We can always get better. And so, yeah, he had already been a raw vegan off and on for 10 years. He had all the books. He had all the nuts. He had all the appliances. He was like my guardian angel. I was supposed to meet him, and um, he taught me everything about raw food. At first, since I was still kind of drugged out, like your dopamine, everything takes a while to come back. I was still pretty scatterbrained, low motivation, had a hard time doing things for myself at all. So he would make me raw vegan meals three times a day. Um, he really nursed me back to life. Um, and he's a real caretaker type provider guy, great dad like that. Um, I was just really blessed to have found him. I don't know if anyone else could have helped me. I was like, you know, this far away from just accidentally, further. accidentally killing myself and I met him and now I'm here instead. So yeah, I, um, we went there, we did the raw vegan pretty religiously. We would, we weren't perfect. We would make it like four months, six months, seven months, and then slip a little and then be like, all right, we got to get back on it. Um, but we were really pretty dedicated, very de dedicated for four years. Thought we were, we were pretty um, cocky. We're like, oh, we're like the healthiest people around because we're raw vegan for four years. Don't mind all the self-sabotaging I did. Don't nearly killing myself for the first 
29 years. I'm super healthy now. And so, yeah, that's, that's how it went. And I didn't really know about the backed up waste at all. World's biggest secret. A, we're frugivores. B, we got a bunch of shit in our colon from decades ago because we're not eating the right stuff and your food is not nourishing you. It's just getting stuck right here if it's fake, if it's not the right food for you. And that's most 95% of things in the grocery store. But yeah, well, and I'll add to it. It's like the average male has like 35 pounds of crap in their body and the average female has 25 pounds of shit in their body. Like it's, it's insane. And like, oh, that was the thing that people were all bothered by with my husband putting on TikTok because he was talking about like how, because it's not just your colon that you're getting stuff out of. It's the interstitium. It's the in-between the cells and you have- Cellular waste. Yes, it's the cellular waste. Like all your cells have to poop too. And so where Mm -hmm. is it going? It gets into your lymphatic, which is a highly misunderstood, like in the the medical field, like they do not understand lymphatics at all. Like literally they they didn't even think it really had that much of a purpose. We knew them as trash receptacles basically. But what people didn't realize is that your lymphatic is literally the sewage system of your body. You've got your digestive tract, which that has its own thing. That's a one way of elimination. And the elimination for your cells is your lymphatic system. And you have trillions of cells inside of your body. So inside of each and every one of those lymph nodes that you have, like all around your throat, all around different areas of your face, back of your head, your axle, or sorry, your armpit area, your groin, like all those major areas. If you're feeling those getting like inflamed and built up, it's like your trash receptacles are getting backed up. Why are they getting backed up? And that's when we can get into like kidneys and everything else. But the lymphatic system, all the cells poop and they, their elimination goes into the lymphatic system. Lymphatic system is what then can be eliminated out through urine, through fecal matter, or it can be coming out through your skin as well. Like that's because that's our other way of elimination is through your skin. So um, what was I was trying to say with that? So with my husband on the TikTok saying about that with, uh, Wow, what was it we were talking about? Oh, they were talking about, oh, I've done colon cleanses or before my whatever colon study, you know how they give you the enema that flushes everything out. And they're like, I only lost two pounds or I didn't lose any pounds. And you're saying that, like, I didn't lose 25 pounds. That's what it was because with him saying that, like, the average male is 35 pounds, the average female has 25 pounds of stuff. And it's like, Oh gosh, like I can't, we don't have- Not that easy, baby, not that easy. You've got to work and you have to rehydrate and you have to pull it out. You have to use your GI broom. You have to use your psyllium husk, your senolaxative tea and and just stop eating. You have to stop- It's in your colon. That's the other thing. It's not just your colon that like, that's backed up. Like you've got that inflammation in between your body too. So yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, it's hilarious people's reactions and their denial, because God forbid they have to change. But it's just, it is mind blowing to me. And when you see a person with a gut, specifically like a man with a misshapen, swollen, hard gut, it's poop. It's poop. And maybe that would change his, like, you know, want if he wanted to change his, maybe if he knew that. They, the guys out there with the pregnancy bellies, maybe they would want to do be more active about it. Um, but yeah, so he taught me raw veganism, and then 
I really noticed a big shift on that. On day 30, 100% raw, I got sick. That was my first experience with detox. I was still very indoctrinated. My mother was a nurse. My grandfather was a doctor. I have lots of doctors in my family, medical doctors, and they are all very indoctrinated. And I was vaccinated in my living room by my mother all the time. Uh, I, um, She is just, you know, very medical. So... Yeah, like I just was um, experiencing like this great effect of like Danny would, Danny just brought me to like simplicity of nature. He brought me back to nature. And then I brought us even further because I was like, oh, hell yeah, this is right. Mm -hmm. So I'd be like, oh, I have a headache. You know, I need a Tylenol. And he'd be like, don't ever take Tylenol ever. You don't need it. You just need to rest. Listen to your body. And I'm like, you sure? Are you sure? Like all this mistrust in myself and my body, no trust. The medic Western medical field took it all away from me and made it seem like I need them. I don't know how to do anything. I need their chemicals or I'm not going to be able, I'm going to be in big trouble. I can't heal it by myself. So I slowly but surely listened. And, and then all of a sudden I was happier. I'm not as happy as I am now, but I was happier. And then I was sleeping better. And then I was Waking up with more energy, no, nothing like now. But at the time, it was a massive improvement. And the biggest thing I was struggling with was the depression. The depression makes it so you can't do anything, so you can't enjoy life. And that was lifting. And I was like, I have to keep going. Like, what else, what else can we do to make this get better and better? So it took a couple of years because I thought that was it. I thought that my high fat, high nut, high oil, salted, raw vegan diet was it. Thought that was the top of the top. I've since learned there is no top. There is no top. Mm -hmm. So then I'm like, okay, you know, I've discovered John Rose and I've been watching his videos. And like, this was during my postpartum. Now during my postpartum, I, I consumed my placenta. Okay. So you were raw vegan while you were pregnant. So since we're getting, we're starting to go into this. So you were vegan. Yes. Okay. Okay. This is the stuff. This is the golden stuff I want to discuss with you. Pregnancy and birthing and, you know, breastfeeding through all of this. I really am excited. So well, you've been breastfeeding juicing. So that's where, like, I, I want us to have this conversation because I just want to, like, dispel the, like, the brainwashing of you can't do that while you're pregnant. You can't do that while you're breastfeeding. So we're examples of that. We, we have. <laughs> and we, we are. <laughs> Yes, so I have a little uh, thing to say on that. Here is my say, and I am not a doctor, and I um, just, I did go to nursing school, but I ended up dropping out because, uh, yeah, I was on Adderall and stuff then, but I did do four years of nursing school. Um, you were almost there, but it's probably, it's good that you didn't because you would have been indoctrinated in the way. Uh, it would have been awful. It was all meant to be. I was meant to not finish. I was meant to go through all of that. Um, but yeah, I, I, um, what was I saying? So you're talking about your postpartum, what was happening at this time with. Yeah. So I read like, okay, it's, it's extremely common to get depressed after you have a baby not only the hormonal shifts, but it's a life change. It's really hard and uh, you have to give up a lot of things you used to do. So yeah, I was like, I don't want that to happen. I wanted to do everything perfectly. I had a really perfect pregnancy, didn't touch 
any, like I didn't even touch any alcohol. Like I know some people have a little wine. I didn't touch any pills at all. There was no Tylenol usage even. Um, and then when I had my pregnancy, it just so happened that my insurance covered a birthing center. Now I was not about a drug-free pregnancy. I wasn't there yet. God was leading me. So I was like, well, I want to go to a doctor because I want the drugs just like everybody else. I deserve the drugs. There's big fear. We've got to have the drugs. We've got to have the drugs. So I'm like, well, I need the drugs too. You know, like everybody else needs them. And I'm, I was like, everything happened just in perfect timing. So I go to this place called Boca Babes in South Florida. And my doctor is like this blonde lady driving like a super expensive vehicle. And she comes in and she's so fake. And this is such a vulnerable time. And she's like touching me everywhere. And she's like, oh, honey. And then she's like, I don't know if I forgot anything, but I'm like late for my vacation. So I'm going to be heading out now. You'll figure it all out. And she was so fake and not aligning with me. And I was like, I cannot go back there. I cannot see that lady coaching me through my birthing. I have to go to the birth center. Went to the birthing center. It was completely different there. It was only women. It was the little house. They were like, we're purists. We do everything natural. We don't even use breast pumps. Like I did use them a little bit, but they were like, okay, you're going to do this all natural. They taught me hypnobirthing where I listened to birthing affirmations. It worked. I had an orgasmic birth. Yes. I consider it a very, very empowering, positive experience. I did it all by myself with a little help from the midwife. Um, and I left two hours later with my baby. She didn't have any shots. She didn't have anything put in her eyes. Um, she just measured and weighed. And then when we got home, my midwife came to my house and taught me to breastfeed um, more because it doesn't come totally naturally. And my breasts were huge. They were like triple D's on my little body. I had to learn how to like hold the baby, like whatever. Since then they've gone back to like A's. The body can, the woman, female body is incredible. incredible. Um, and I um, then consumed my placenta, which was hard for me because it, it, it was kind of gross, um, but it was really, really intricate and beautiful. I looked at it and they said that it was the biggest placenta they'd ever seen. So I attribute that to like all the nutrients that I was having, my dense raw vegan meals that I had my whole pregnancy. I don't know. Like it was a really healthy placenta. My partner was all in. He helped me like freeze it, chop it up and put it into smoothies. And I didn't get any postpartum depression. I was good. Like I was lonely a little bit and isolated with the baby. But I would say that like it was pretty great. And then um, from there, I've been breastfeeding ever since. I, I started to juice fast. When Emelina was probably six months old, and I haven't stopped. So um, I've been breastfeeding her. We have a great breastfeeding relationship. She calls out for my boobie every day, all the time. No signs of slowing down. They're still breastfeeding to this day, is it? Like, it, but she's eating solid foods too, so she's doing a combo of it. Yeah, she has a high liquid diet. She probably drinks. 
two 32 ounces of juice every day. And then for lunch, we pack her now that we're really firm in our beliefs because of what we've experienced. We now pack her only fruit. We were mostly packing her a lot of nut pâtés and all of the raw vegan goodness that we used to eat. And she was stuffy a lot and she had a lot of runny noses. So we've since just done fruit. So now she gets like dates, avocado. We do give her some marinated raw mushrooms, some kimchi. She likes that stuff. Um, but she'll have melon, watermelon, dates, avocado, um, dried fruits, um, you know. Or dehydrated fruits. Do you do dehydrated fruits? Not too much. We keep them juicy, but sometimes I'd like, you know, like if she likes those too, we'll make her those banana pudding. Mm. We make her chocolate pudding every night with avocados, bananas, and cacao. Yum. Yum, yum, yum. Have you made any like pancake recipes, like raw pancake stuff? I'm like, I'm, I'm like really wanting to do that. I'm really wanting, like, I need to find, and I'm sure you probably have it. So, but I want you to keep going. So just so everyone realizes, she's talking about this, that she like, she was already like raw vegan, right? So obviously she was like, well, mostly raw vegan, but vegan nonetheless, like while you were pregnant and then obviously birthing and then went into juice fasting and we're the introduction of what I was saying with you is that she juice fasted for uh, 160 days consecutively. And then now you're continuing to have these high vibrational foods in your body through the juices and mostly fruit, like you're like, you know, and it's all fruit. You're not really doing any vegetable juice. Are you doing mm -hmm. any green juices or like with vegetables or anything? I do my celery juice for the um, reason of the, uh, the getting better um, nutrient absorption because of my, you know, addiction past, I'm not all fully cured. I've got some beaten up parts and I need to rectify that. And I'm trying the celery juice thing, but I believe in it. So otherwise I do mostly, I like dandelion greens. If I can find those, I'll juice those. Watercress, cucumbers, those aren't really uh, the greens, but they are green. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Sprouts. Mm. Um, but there's something I wanted to say. So I wanted to say, and I wanted your take on this. Um, so I got so many women coming to me. You know, that's when you want to juice fast because that's when your body needs a detox. You've held on to all this water, you've held on to all this extra weight and all this stuff to build your baby. And then when you're, when you birth, your body's releasing. And, you know, like at that time I was starving. Like, I don't know about you, but I was starving all the time. I oh, want to like doing after having the baby and like having yeah. the breastfeeding so much. Yeah. I definitely have to like consume a heck of a lot more. Go on. But, um, I, um, and I ate a lot of food. Okay. I slipped a little bit. Um, I think during the postpartum part and I was eating some just vegan cooked foods, warm foods, really comforting myself with that. And, you know, if I could go back, I would have fixed, I wouldn't do that anymore. Cause I can't, I get sick from cooked foods now if I make mistakes now I get sick so it's a good way to keep me in line yeah, um true but it's also the 80 20 rules and that's like I, I when I was talking to actually hippie Brit with this about it's like you know you got to be realistic with your lifestyle but whenever you know things don't feel good in your body you're just not gonna do it you know what I mean like you know live life but go on so yeah so I had all these women coming to me, Jules I really want to do a juice fast and I have coached women both breastfeeding and pregnant through juice fast. Um, but a lot of them are just too skeptical to actually sign up with me. And my knowledge is all 
downloads and intuition and self-experience. So I don't have the research for you ladies out there. Um, and a lot of people are like, well, I just need literature. And I'm like, I'm sorry. So here is my explanation. And then I'd like to hear what you think about it and how you would modify it um, and your take in general. Yeah. So yeah, it just felt right for me to start detoxing with Emelina. I thought, you know, why stay toxic? You know, why stay toxic? Is that healthier for her and me? Or, you know, my breast milk maybe get better because I'm detoxing. Everything can get better for her. Start now. Why wait? I mean, breastfeeding, I don't want to cut it short. I'm going to be breastfeeding for years. So I, I can't wait years. So I made the decision and I didn't notice anything with her at all. In fact, she was thriving the whole time and um, she's met all her milestones. She's doing great. And um, she, so I would, what came to me as a download and from experience is that, you know, there are pathways of elimination. We've already discussed here, kidneys, the colon, the skin, now breast milk, even if you're overflowing with toxic waste and it's coming out everywhere, breast milk would be the last possible pathway for toxics, toxic waste to eliminate. And that's for survival of humanity. Why would the creator make us spit toxic waste out of our breasts into our babies they want we are submit to survive and thrive we are very durable so then you know like we are detoxing at all times we live in a toxic place we can't avoid toxins so we're always detoxing so you're detoxing while breastfeeding no matter what you're doing yep Exactly. So, or you're detoxing or they're having like the quality of the breast milk. So I think where your question is like the download you received, look at that. Yeah. It, that's, that's gold. It's so the truth. Like even with, uh, so Dr. Robert Morris, so like we've been doing training under Dr. Robert Morris with the detoxification school of detoxification. And yes, I'm, it, I'm signing up soon. Yeah. And that's where you can get iridology training and everything there as well, which is super awesome. So we'll be, we'll be doing it around the same time, I'm sure, which is so fun. Um, Maybe we can study together. So, yeah, for real. We'll like study each other and go on with that. And so, yes, well, what you're saying is an absolute like truth and like, look how that just came divinely led to you. Like Dr. Robert Morris, like some, just think about this. Most women who are not, they're consuming the standard American diet or Western diet, right? and they're breastfeeding. Now, the quality of the breast milk truly matters. So they're breastfeeding where they're, quote, not detoxing, but they've got all this inflammatory stuff coming out of the breast milk, and maybe they're producing a lot of milk, and the baby's grown. Just because the baby is a big baby doesn't mean a healthy baby. So that's another thing I have to put in there. A big baby does not mean a healthy baby, okay? Chubby babies are not healthy. Yeah, not, like, like not, and that's, like, I, that, that can be a whole other conversation I can talk about, like with me birthing this, my child and her being smaller and like, she's progressing along just the way that she needs to. So believe me, like I, like, like I literally like, this is very fresh for me. So breastfeeding while detoxing is totally fine. Like it's good. It's like the last place where your body is going there to be. You have it. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. And would, you rather, would you rather the breast milk that you're feeding your baby be, full of toxins because of the things that you're consuming or would you rather 
heal your body and then start to dilute it. So less and less stuff. It's not like a full blown toxic mess is coming out inside their inside their body. No, because your body is doing other ways of eliminating and breaking it down. So really what I want to bring it back to is the exact rationale that you came to. Would I rather be breastfeeding where I'm just chock full of toxins or would I rather be trying to improve the quality of my breast milk by way of improving the quality of my health? So through adding to that through Dr. Robert Morris's, like, you know, the way he talks about it is that's why he also may not want women to be breastfeeding for more than three months because he knows that most women are not willing to change their diet. And so now they're just continuing to give their baby this inflammatory breast milk. I'm going to add something else in here that I'm going to be doing. Um, I'm, I'm going to like kind of study when I start studying iridology. There are really two, only two color eye colors, which is blue and brown. Most babies come out with blue eyes. Like my little Sedona has blue eyes right now. Okay. I have hazel eyes. I don't actually have an eye color. That's a true eye color. It's an eye color that was formed because clearly I've been toxified throughout life. Right now, what I'm curious to know is that with those of us mamas that have totally radically changed our diets to be raw food or to be juicing or whatever we're doing as far as consuming high vibrational foods, you know how most of the time they're like, oh, the baby's eyes are going to change. I wonder what eye color the baby is going to end up having. Are they going to have hazel eyes like mom? Or are they going to have whatever? What I'm literally thinking is that the reason why baby's eyes are changing is because they are now eating toxic foods and their eye color is changing because the color of your eye is a representation of what's happening inside of your body as, aside from the shape and consistency and stuff like that. So I wanted to add that in there too. So like now the baby's not consuming, you know, breast milk or formula milk for that matter or whatever. And then now they're starting to get introduced to the standard American diet. Their eye color is probably going to change like mom or dad's eyes, right? So I hope that was helpful then thinking about it like that. Um, but continue breastfeeding as long as you want. Don't worry about you detoxing like or doing like it's different if you were detoxing with like supplements and like pills and stuff like that. But when you're detoxing with nature, not a problem, not a problem. And it's important for mom to be healthy in order to help the baby. I mean, I can even go as far as like during pregnancy where moms are like suffering from like chronic conditions. Like you need to make sure that mom's body is healthy to even support that baby. So it only makes sense to do the right things to support your body, which is going to enhance support the baby too. So I am just so glad to have that on the record by you, a doctor. This is so powerful. I'm also just now receiving messages from Danny. My time is up. Emelina is saying, mom, 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 boobies, boobies over oh and God. over. Yes. And he's like, time is up i'm like okay okay like i'm coming back so i want to wrap things up we didn't get to talk about nearly as much as i wanted i really wanted to get a brief like a real quick kind of how your birth went um you know if you are what your diet is like like what how things are going i wanted to hear about it if you could give me like a quick run down on your experience yeah. and or we can do or we can do a part two we can always do a part two on here i'm sure people want to hear it because you know we this is how it can happen but what i'll quickly say is that 
So I am doing like, I love mono juicing orange juice in the morning. So I'm doing my, my orange juice in the morning. Oh, my baby's starting to sit down. It's like, I need to feed too. So I need to feed my little one. So I mostly, I, I juice in the morning. I always like, I just do not get tired of my orange juice in the morning. And I also put, um, uh, barley barley grass juice like a very purified mm -hmm. barley grass juice in there because it's getting all those minerals and nutrients that like we can't really get from our soils because we've just demolished mother earth so it's just not the same quality anymore so i put that in my juice and it just oh it tastes so good sometimes i'll mix my orange juice with pineapple juice but that just doesn't matter and then i'll go for a smoothie and so for my smoothies i keep it like all fruit like i'm doing all fruit in my mm -hmm. smoothies um i've played with putting like almond butter in there which in the raw food like it's not raw food obviously and stuff like that but I'm like I just feel like I need like some of that fat and I need that consistency yeah, and I just right now. Stuff. I'm very experimental in that way but now I'm realizing whenever I put almond butter in there because I've been doing like the juicing and like the raw food for so long that if I put almond butter in there I get flummy and I'm like, son of a gun. Like, it's annoying. Like, does it taste good? Yes, it freaking tastes good. And is it like still like healthy compared to like anything else? Yes. But clearly my body's like, yeah, I'm going to make you phlegmy right now. So you probably yeah. don't want to put almond butter in there anymore. You're on my level, man. Yeah. Like Danny, Danny just had a salad the other night after a long, we, we do juice fasting all the time. And he, he broke his juice fast. He had fruit all day. And then he had a salad at night with um, a Caesar salad dressing, um, raw vegan made with nuts. And he had a stuffy nose for a week after that. Yeah. I'm like finding I do. And so for the evenings, like, so I'll like, then I'll just snack on fruits, like whatever's available and whatever's easy because you know, when you're breastfeeding, it's like, especially a newborn, it's like every two hours, here we go. You got to feed, you got to sit down. So I'm like, I got to feed myself, Sedona. I know I need to feed you, but I got to feed me too right now. And then, that was the hungriest yeah. I've ever been in my life. And oh. I just needed the dense, I had dense foods and, you know, like, just, you need it. You need it. Yep. So I, and then I go like in the evening. So I'll like kind of eat fruit mostly throughout the day. If I have like already pre-made dressing from the day before, then I'll just get like spring mix and throw some spinach in there and I'll do a salad or I'll zoodle. I love zoodles. Like I'll zoodle like spiralized zucchini and put whatever like raw dressing that we made up the night before and put that on there and then my evenings I like I love my salads right now so I'm not like but what I'm seeing what I'll end up doing so I love having our salads both my husband and I we just go to town with our big wooden bowl that would typically serve a family no it serves me with my wooden bowl yes. and his wooden bowl serves him right yes <laughs> And then, um, well, I usually have a, like a, like a cashew based dressing is what we've been on the kick with. But then, um, which for me, mm -hmm. I'm doing really good with that because I need that density of that yeah. fat right now. And so oh, yeah. it's like cashew based dressing with cilantro and like whatever fun stuff you want to do with that. And then I also put an avocado in my salad and it's like greens. And now, right now she's like not wanting me to have many tomatoes, which go figure because while I was pregnant, I was repulsed by tomatoes. I was repulsed by onions. I was repulsed by garlic because her soul was like, no mama, you're not having any things that are high in sulfur. I have a little bit of an orangey ring talking about iridology, a little bit of like an orangey like ring around my eyes. Eggs are high in sulfur, which when I was keto, I ate a crap ton of eggs. So like, I've got to like clear my body of all the sulfur. So what's funny is that 
when I had her, I was able, like, I wasn't repulsed by tomatoes and onions. Like, I still didn't want a lot of onions or, and red pepper. So, like, those are all the nightshades, like, pepper, um, tomatoes, eggplant, all that stuff. I can't consume a lot of that because, like, my body doesn't feel right. And she clearly is not wanting it. So now I'm like having to watch what I'm eating. But the reason why I know this is because I've, I've, I've given my body the opportunity to be able to listen because she can't verbalize it to me that to mom, don't eat tomatoes, don't eat cabbage or like red cabbage or don't eat a lot of onion. My body is telling me and I'm like connected to her soul to listen to it right now. So wow. that's like for me right now. Well, I just got another phone call. I'm starting to get some hate messages. I better get going. Yeah. Um, I will love to talk about this in part two. Um, I have so many more questions for you and how you're doing things. Um, and I, yeah, I will really look forward to continuing this on. I am so proud of you and the way you're doing things. You're such an incredible life force to bring someone to the world. We need more mothers like you. And it's just been an honor just talking to you. And definitely would like to plan an actual get together in the near future with our little girls. That'd be so amazing. Thank you so much for making the time, making this happen. I'm going to make sure like even our podcast as we close this up, I'm going to have how you can reach out to Jules and find her, how she can help coach you along. Like she's been there, done that. She's yes. going to do it now, right? So we'll put that all in there. And then until next time, Jules, we're going to do a part two for sure. We'll figure it out on there. Spreading the love to you. Go feed that baby and I'll feed mine right now. And yeah, until next time, you have a beautiful day. Oh, thank <laughs> you. You made my day. Yes. Bye everybody. Thanks for being here all the way to the end of the podcast. I hope you received lots of value out of it as I certainly enjoyed sharing. Could I ask that you please share this podcast with friends if you found it valuable? And also bonus points, if you could leave a review for me on your favorite podcast app, that would be greatly appreciated too. If at any point you'd like to be on the podcast or have any questions you'd like me to discuss on the podcast, direct message me on Instagram or Facebook at Dr. Natalie Horine, that's H-O-R-I-N-E. Thanks again for listening and now have an expansive and awesome day. We'll see you next time.